0: Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive, I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Welcome back. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. Welcome to 2017. I've already heard a lot of people talking about how the energy seems different this year. And I hope that some of you are feeling that way too. I think it's a really positive way to start off the year with that belief and intention that something feels good about this year if you believe in numerology and I know so little about it like practically nothing but I did hear on the street that it was the end of a nine-year cycle and apparently we are starting fresh in 2017 so bring it on January is the time that I know many of us are thinking about what we want our year to look like. I have got a freebie running at the moment called the Life Planning Kit for 2017. You can download that if you want to have a little look and get some sort of questions and prompts to help you start thinking about the life that you want. You can get that over at my website, how forward slash 2017. I'm an incredibly positive person, if you haven't already got that vibe from my podcast. But at the same time, I think it's sometimes important to look at the negative things in our lives or the things that are holding us back from getting what we truly want in life. And that's what I'm going to be addressing in this podcast today. There are a number of common habits that really do undermine our happiness. Now, I'm as guilty of these as most of us, so there's no judgment here. My intention is that this podcast will really help you perhaps just bring to awareness some of the things that you don't really want in your life or you want to get better control of moving into the new year. One of the questions I had in that life planning kit was, what do you want less of in your life this year? And this podcast episode really drills in and focuses on that question. What do you want less of in your life this year? What it comes down to is that there is an opportunity cost for how we spend our time. And so many of these kind of unhelpful habits are the things that stop us from doing the good stuff, the habits that we know are useful and happiness supporting. So I have four little habits actually so little, I shouldn't, under, <laughs> I shouldn't underestimate the power they can have in our lives, but I'm going to talk through them one by one and then run through some ideas or strategies that you can potentially implement this year if you think it's a habit that you want to get in better control of. So the first one, which I hear a lot in my coaching practice, as well as with my friends, And that is staying up way too late to watch just one more episode of their favorite TV program. The truth is, the way that we're watching TV in the last few years has changed. Now everything is on demand. Netflix, anyone? I have to admit, I literally just joined Netflix like a month ago. I I didn't even realize what I was missing. But in a lot of ways, I'm incredibly grateful because I haven't formed any new addictions to shows that I don't really have the time for in my life. The problem is when you mindlessly press play on one more episode, you are saying yes to the TV and no to your sleep. Now, once every now and again, this probably isn't a big deal, but it's that you can easily turn this into a habit where you're going to bed later and later and watching more and more TV at night. If you think this is something that you would probably need to be honest with yourself, you'll know by hearing me talking about it. But how do you manage it? How do you get a grip and a rein on the TV binge watching? The greatest strategy here is to be really honest with yourself about what you think is acceptable in terms of TV watching and make yourself accountable to that. Now, it could be that you say, I'm going to watch one TV episode per night and stick with that. Or you might think that sounds really tough because you're coming down from five episodes a night. So maybe you say, I'm going to go with two every night, and I'm going to allow myself to do that, and maybe three on weekend nights. I can't tell you what the right number of TV episodes is for you, but I would encourage you to think about what kind of limit you would like to set on this. You might tie it instead to a bedtime and say, I want to be in bed every night by 11 o'clock. And then I wake up at seven and that is my eight hours of sleep. Because that is ultimately what you're saying no to when you say yes to the TV. You're saying no to your sleep. And research really does show now that there are so few of us that can really work at our best level and be our best selves with fewer than eight hours sleep. We really need those eight hours. And I know I I could do with more than that. If you're not ready to wake up in the morning, morning after morning after morning, it suggests that you need more sleep. So I would really encourage you to set that bedtime and that might just help you with the, being able to turn off the TV and say good night to Netflix. The accountability thing can be really useful too. So if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, partner, husband, wife, it can be really useful to say to them. I want to be in bed every night by 11 o'clock or I want to make sure that I'm only watching one Netflix episode per evening. Can you support me in doing that? Let's be honest, when you really don't want to hear it, you'll probably snap at them. But it can be really, really nice to have someone keeping you accountable to yourself. The beauty about a plan or strategy is... When you have that weak moment, it's like a little switch in the back of your head that says, ding, 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 warning, warning, we have a problem here. That is going to make all the difference. It's so much harder to keep watching through that than it is to not have any intention beforehand. So, this is really just about upping your conscious level of commitment and being more intentional about how you spend your time. The second habit that might be getting in the way of your happiness is mindlessly scrolling through social media. Oh my gosh, I'm so guilty of this. I really am. If you listen to my podcast at the start of January, you will have heard that reducing my time on social media is one of my aims slash strategies to help me really focus my energy into growth this year. I'd go so far to say that social media has to be the greatest time suck of the modern generation. If you're anything like me, I can pick up my phone with the intention of glancing at Facebook or Instagram and then be there 20 minutes later wondering what on earth I got stuck looking at. So be honest with yourself. Is social media an issue for you and is it sucking up your time? If it is sucking up your time, where are you finding this most problematic? Is it that you're not getting all the work done you need to be getting done at work and you're ending up staying later during the day? Or is it that you're panicked every morning because you're always running late because you got sucked into looking at Facebook for half an hour? Or is it possibly that you're looking at it just before you go to bed at night? when you really could be going to sleep a full half hour earlier, had you not picked up your phone. So identify what part of your day, or if it's all of them, be honest about that, but identify where this may be the biggest issue for you and then put some strategies in place to help support you around that. So the strategies might be deleting some of the social media apps off your phone. It could be having a rule with yourself that you don't check social media until you are out of the house in the morning. Maybe you're allowed to pick up your phone on your morning commute, but until then you have a deal with yourself that it is off limits. I know personally that checking social media too much in the morning totally stresses me out because I do become a bit of a panic monkey when I feel like I'm running late. So if I'm behind the eight ball, I can often map that back to having wasted too much of my morning sucked into social media. Be honest with yourself. Are you undermining your happiness because... You're not spending your time wisely and it's causing you to feel that time pressure in other parts of your day. If you feel like you're distracted during your work hours, maybe you work from home like I do. It's not a problem for me at all when I work from home, I have to admit. But if it is something that you find yourself getting distracted with during the day, there is an like an application or an extension, I think you call it on a desktop, not tech savvy, clearly, where you can like block your newsfeed on Facebook. So you can still use the other parts of Facebook, but you don't get this constant stream of things popping up and distracting you. Don't know what it's called. Like I said, don't personally have the need for it, but I'm sure if you Google search that you'll be able to find something to support you. Finally, if it's an at-night thing, don't take your phone into the bedroom. If you've got the little excuse going on in your head that it is your alarm clock, go and buy an alarm clock. I dare you. (laughs) Get an old school one so that you don't have to have your phone in the room and then leave it charging out in the kitchen or something of the like. You can find strategies around it if you're dedicated to getting your time back. The third thing that could be getting in your way or undermining your ability to be as happy as you could be is that winding down every single night with a glass of wine. Now, I hear you, you red wine drinkers out there who have latched onto the literature saying that the antioxidant levels in red wine are good for you. That's what I'm pretty sure that's what it is. What I would say is that. Our modern lives are a lot of crazy. I have to admit it, we jam so much in. They're chaotic, busy, and stressful. And far too many of us are living on the border of burning out completely. The thing is, when we are stressed out like that, we naturally look for ways to alleviate our stress and our pressure. The problem is we often do this on autopilot, so we end up with things that might help in the short term alleviate that that feeling of stress or pressure, but in the long term really do us no favors. Drinking is the one I see most commonly in my clients, and I know it's one I'm prone to too. I have a really stressful day, and I crave a glass of wine. It's the type of thing I know will immediately help me relax. But the reality is, I know from my own experience that having a glass of wine, the next day I feel flatter. It also stops me from doing my other habits that support my happiness at night. So instead of meditating, indulging in some self-care, having a nice long shower or reading a book, I will sit down with a glass of wine and numb out. So much for putting something in my well-being tank. So rather than filling my tank back up with good habits, I'm kind of just numbing out when I have a glass of wine. Be honest with yourself if it's something that might be getting in the way of your own happiness too, and whether you might be using alcohol as kind of a maladaptive coping mechanism. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you can't drink ever, but if it is the type of thing you're reaching for every single night, then you might want to ask yourself if there's ways you can support yourself to get that more in line with what you might want in terms of drinking habits. Ask yourself, what are your weak points? You know, it might be that if you've had a bad day, then you feel like a glass of wine and that's a real trigger for you, that feeling of stress during the day. And so how are you going to cope with that? It might mean not having any alcohol in your house. You might be safe enough with just sort of saying to yourself, I'm only going to drink on the weekends and if it's a weeknight, then it's a no drinking zone Or it might be really useful to, again, tell your partner, this is your intention if you really want to be kept accountable. For me, I also find that the best way to deal with a habit that you really don't want to have is to replace it. I take this as far as making sure I have something that's non-alcoholic that I really love in the house to drink at night when I would have otherwise been reaching for a glass of wine. For me, I now drink sparkling water during the evening and also drink a lot more peppermint tea. Both are much healthier for me personally in the long term. So rather than looking for that short term fix, see if you can think of things that will support your well-being in the long term. The final little thing that might be getting in the way of you being truly happy is the belief that you must live in the now. Now, if you're a spiritual person or pretty au fait with a lot of self-help literature, you may just be screaming at the podcast right now and telling me that living in the now is the key to a good life. Look, I hear you. I am absolutely a believer in showing up with presence and appreciating what we have in this very moment. It is where our lives are happening. The danger is if you don't ever let yourself dream, you may never get the life you really want. So I absolutely believe in living in the now. But at the same time, build in some space in there to allow yourself to think big, to dream about your future vision and recognize that although your life is happening now, it is bigger than this very moment. The quote that is commonly attributed to Bill Gates that I think really best illustrates this point, if you're still struggling to hear me on this one, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Just think about that for a second. When you talk to people about big, audacious goals, they often say that's completely unrealistic or that would take way too much work. But at the same time, those are the people that often think they can achieve a whole heap in one year. I'd encourage you to take a little bit of a long-term view on your life And allow yourself to have those big dreams. You don't have to achieve everything in one year. My concern with living completely in the now is that some people may forget to dream. So just don't forget to dream. We're most alive when we're challenging ourselves and stepping just outside our comfort zones. The strategies you can implement to help support this idea of Future visioning and having big dreams for the longer term, ask yourself be daring enough to ask yourself. And you may grab like a journal or a piece of paper and jot this at the top. But say to yourself, What do I want out of life? And if you could have any dream that you desired, what would you go after? If time wasn't a factor, what would you pursue? And then I dare you to ask yourself, what little tiny step can I take today to take me closer to that big vision? Nobody gets to the top of their mountaintop in one day. It is a journey made up of a whole heap of tiny, tinsy steps. Just remember that. So as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I do have a life planning kit that will be available through the end of January 2017. If you go to my website www.thrive.how forward slash 2017, you can put your details in there and I will send it back to you so you can download the printable version with a whole heap of question prompts and ideas to get you thinking about what you want your life to look like this year. They're exactly the same questions I have gone over with my life coaching clients. It's a great value little free pack I've put together there. If you're listening to the podcast after January 2017, head over to my website thrive.how forward slash freebies and you can see what other goodies I currently have available. The point I really hope that You've got from this podcast is that a great life isn't just about having goals or ideas about where you're heading in life. It's also about being honest about what's getting in the way. What's stopping you from getting the life you want? What are the little maladaptive habits that you've picked up that you may be giving too much time to? The way we can overcome these habits is by bringing them into our conscious awareness. We need to be intentional about it. Once we've got them in that conscious level of awareness, we have the ability to put strategies in place to help manage those weak points in the future so that when we're tempted, we have that little snap that goes off in our minds that says, eek, not what I want, not what I want. That little alarm that goes off and says, wake up, you don't actually want this. That is what is powerful about identifying the things you want less of in your life. If you want the show notes for this episode, you can head over to my website, www.thrive.how.com forward slash podcast 28. And I'll be back again next week with some more tips, tricks, and ideas to help you get the best stuff out of your own life. Till then, take care. Thanks for listening to Here to Thrive. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you could go into iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. I'll be back again next week with more tips on how to live a happier life. See you then.